is cold in here. It's absolutely freezing. Welcome back, guys, to Board Draw, episode number 80. We are flying through the episodes. Big 100 episode coming. I've got to stop swearing in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm going to start beeping out. Beep it out. The problem because... is, though, the editing takes so long that I get to about 10 minutes in, and if I beep out everything that Rod says, yeah, it's he's going to say nothing throughout the podcast, and I'm going to be there <laughs> for like four weeks. Just like a one minute long beep. But now, nah, beep the first 30 seconds of me swearing. I'll try and tone it down. We are here today to talk about a semi lacking week of football well we've had it's weird half the teams are on like a little Dubai trip this is the Premier League's version of a, a winter break where half the teams get one week off and half the teams get the other week off we've got African Cup of Nations so teams were missing some of their superstar African players um, Asian but, Cup as well yeah Asian Cup as well so it's all going on yeah it's all kicking off it's a weird time to be a football fan and a Premier League fan and do you know why it's a weird time to be an Arsenal fan have you seen? I want to take see your take on it. So this was doing the rounds over oh, over the Arteta. weekend. Arteta getting fed by one and only Mr. Salt Bay. Where do you stand on your clubs? Well, it's my clubs, but like if it was your clubs, big manager getting yeah. another man's meat dangled in his mouth. Mate, it was very fruity. It's a matter. The problem is, yeah, you like you got to realize you're at the, all eyes on you. You're at the top level, yeah. Especially at a team like Arsenal, who mm. have been through a banter era club and are yeah. always hovering just there or thereabouts to fall back into it. You must have you like can't, you a can't media be person. Like, yeah. You can't be acting free like that. You've got like, to if have... you won't do it, that's one thing. Yeah, that's fruity enough. But you're letting Salt Bay, who's just an absolute divvy anyway, yeah. dangle his meat and you're like, yeah, your mouth... I'm, you're just asking I for I have issues. no qualms with the president, uh, precedent of him going to whatever Salt Bay's uh, restaurant is and getting some steak. F- fucking do your thing. My issue is when we're on no wins in three games. All eyes are on you. Your team is out in Dubai at a training camp. And you're there having one of those. I, The optics are bad. And what it does is give opposition fans just ammunition yeah you're the amount of Man United fans beat that one Spurs fans that are there like could never be my manager Big Ange you'd never catch Big Ange eating an, uh, uh, sucking like, on someone's <laughs> meat and I'm like <laughs> fam he's out having dinner with his family his son's probably like oh daddy can you do the thing that's going viral where Salt Bay feeds you and he's probably like, yeah, like it's not that. The problem deep. is, yeah, like he's he just operates at such a different level to social media, yeah. that he doesn't care. He's probably thinking like, what's all the fuss about? Exactly. But but the optics are just. Dreadful. But someone's got to be like, Mikel, mate. <laughs> why you at Salt Bay's restaurant right now? Yeah. Should be on the training pitch. Also nine o'clock at night on the training yeah. pitch because your strikers can't score goals. Fam, like tell me about it. And it's like also. Who's recording that? And how is that getting let out? Like, someone has got to be... Mikel's got to be like, oh, you recorded that. Delete it immediately. <laughs> World star. It's so bad. And, yeah, I, I, I kind of gave my thoughts on Twitter. I was like, it is... It is... It's not embarrassing because, like, hella people have done it. I've, like, it's not really embarrassing, Ronaldo but you've got to understand what you're doing. You're giving just, ammunition. Yeah, it's just... If that had happened off the back of Arsenal, five in the road, top uh, five wins in a row, top of the league, happy days, mate. Mm. The problem is, it's happened just as Arsenal are in a very sticky situation, mm. and oh, it's not a good look. It's a sticky one still. Mm. Right, Salt Bay, you're a scumbag. Moving on to actual football that happened this weekend. Yeah, sorry. The um, the premium fixture, the one that everyone was looking towards, was 
the oil classico Come as it on. has been dubbed. We saw Newcastle take a 2-1 lead into the second half against Manchester City, who then saw the return of the one and only Kevin De Bruyne, who rescued not only a point, but a big three to take back to Manchester. That was an excellent roundup. And I'm going to preface this all by saying everything that I was saying about De Bruyne, all the slander, <laughs> I take it back. No, you can't, I, I don't... We, we let each other get away with quite a lot on this podcast. Mm. Some bad takes. We give credit for the good ones, but this is a one you might have to... This might be your biggest howler. On Filthy Fellas, they uh, do the raise your hand and apologise kind of... And I will. I maybe think... maybe at the end of the season, we both got to go through I the episodes know? and dig out our howler of the season. Yeah, we actually and see do. who has the worst Because, one. stay tuned for the floppies at the end of the season, where I will personally, personally, personally be coming for half of football social media. So I might as well... It's only right that I come for myself as well. Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne and Ross has been saying is on his way out um, for a while. I mean... But he, he is moving on and he is. Mm. But we saw what he can do. The body might be aging, but that brain I be think raging. what happened was he was brought back from the previous injury too early. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He looks like a man on a mission. And he came He came on in the Carabao Cup. Turn that game around. Mm. Oh, no, wait. What game did he come on? Was it... He came on in the Carabao Cup, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Who did they play? Huddersfield, they smashed them 5-0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't turn the game around, but he, but, he came on and did that dirty assist for Doku. Yeah, yeah. Came on in this game where I didn't actually give Newcastle a hope in hell. They no, were running off a poor, like running really poor form. Um, still injuries, out injuries. Wazoo, yeah. Some FFP stuff lingering in the background. Might have to sell Alexander Isak, perhaps. That was one of the good takes I had. But... KDB, you're, he's different. And we'll go on to talk about this after we talk about the game a little bit more, but he could be the difference made between them finishing second, third, or fourth in the league. 100%. And coming back with a back-to-back, back-to-back, back-to-back title. We'll give you a run-through of the game from start to finish. And then, yeah, at the end, we'll talk about De Bruyne. So, one of the first talking points I want to talk about, we've talked about this quite a lot on the pod, about the kind of officiating being an absolute shambles. And Man City have fallen foul to it in this game because a late offside call... Again. A late offside call, Edison pulls up injured. If the offside call was made correctly at the right time, that injury wouldn't have occurred. I don't know this, how, like, the, how bad the injury is, but this, not um, ideal. This offside, Amron is about three or four feet offside. Mm. He is, he's not, it's not close. It's so bad. The it's linesman, I was being told, and we know it's part of the law that they have to keep the flag down. Mm. Um, but like, until what though like is there like a, a judgement call where like if it's so blatantly offside they've got to flag it so it's what, like what's where, the point where is the line between oh you've got to keep it down because it could be tight where does that like tight line get until it's so blatantly obviously it's not tight so they can flag well so this is the issue we've seen it earlier in the season with Tyro Mings mm. we saw it earlier in the season with John Stones yeah, it's City. happened so many times Edison now we're seeing PGMOL and the FA personally endangering players for for the good of no one. Coming for you, mate. Like you're you're here to protect the players, but you're doing the opposite here. Thanks. I understand that you want to make more correct calls, but if you just bought in the yeah. offside um, technology I was using the Qatar World Cup, this would be over instantly. That's so true. I was going to say it's at a stage now where like linesmen 
don't even back themselves to make the correct call, so they'll just wait it out and get re-ref. And do you know what? I saw I saw the linesman getting absolutely hounded by Carl Walker, who has no right to talk after what he's been up to recently. Yeah, big scumbag. Yep, big beaky boy. Um, but the, the linesman's getting hounded. But for me, I understand that he's in a position where he could change that. But that's, he's doing his job. He's been told yeah. to keep the flags down. He's doing that. Yeah. So for me, it's not their fault. Take the pressure off the linesman here. Do what you have to do. Get the correct technology installed. That's all that has to be. Yeah. Don't want to dwell on it too much. To protect referees, to make referees' decisions easier. But they're not protecting the players. But they're not protecting the players. 100%. Let's not dwell on that too much because... I brought that up because, obviously, uh, linesman shambles. But I want to talk about the Man City high line. Obviously, this high line worked. It was offside. But what I noticed in the first half of this game is that Man City, like a lot of teams now, play with a crazy high line. You see Spurs and Ange do it to their detriment quite a lot, but it seems to be working. Unai Emery, I think their team has the highest success rate of playing teams offside. Yeah, crazy. So a lot of teams are doing that now, playing the I mean, super when high won line. the league, their offside trap was incredible. And that's it. And I think Man City have been good at it for many a year. You see how when they box a team in and suffocate a team... Their centre backs will be on the halfway line. Mate, I, I really rate Guardiola. I really rate him, but I, he's not—he's not proven to be the player I thought he was. And that's—I totally agree. I think now more than ever, Man City's defensive line aren't as sharp as they have been, and I think we can kind of give them positives. I think they've got the second best XG against, so it's not as deep as maybe I'm making out. But there is definitely. A problem there where they're conceding a lot of goals in transition. Oh, you saw yeah. it against RB Leipzig. They scored the two in transition. Both are goals here. Um, Isak's first goal is Bruno G. Just he's not even looking oh, the boss at so Isak. Good. He's just thinking, yeah, the high line's there. If I just send a ball straight over the high line, he's in. Same with that the Gordon goal, straight past the high line. And the and thing you're is, in. yeah, what I saw in, in early on that game is that Isaac had the beating of both Diaz and who was his partner in the game was it um, so Ake on one side yeah, and that's Walker it. on the other side yeah he had the beating of both of them he was so good playing off the shoulder and, yeah. in, and in between both of them every time the ball would come over the top he had yards to run into mm. and he was quicker and stronger than them he was getting to all of it first yeah I think- why, why could Pep not realise that and potentially drop him deeper yeah. Or we see Rodri drop in to make a three. Yeah. This was the perfect storm of a player that is premium and like so good at exploiting a high line like Isak and Anthony Gordon. And a culmination of like the Man City centre bats kind of I think losing their kind of dominance in the defensive aspect of their game. Whereas like past seasons, Carl Walker would never get beaten going running back to goal defensively Diaz would command every ball and win every tackle across that back line he'd be paired with John Stones who'd step out perfectly drop back perfectly I think there's an issue now where Walker's lost a yard of pace I don't think he's as good defensively in transition as he used to be I think Diaz I don't want to come at him because I think he is quality but I think his form Genuinely this season... think he's still the best centre-back in the world. I think, I think his form this season has dipped. I don't think he's as commanding. You saw when um, he absolutely took out Anthony Gordon and then Man City went and scored their goal. 
I think he's doing that a lot now, where he's losing the battle one on one. Whereas, like when he first broke on to the scene, he'd win every single duel. I don't think he's as dominant as he used to be. I think Saliba and Van Dijk are better centre backs. So I think that's happening, and I think he and that might be his fall off might be due to the fact that he's been paired with a rotating players, either Ake or a Kanji. Why is Vardy Old not playing left centre back? I don't know. John Stone's not being fit. That doesn't help. So I think there is an issue there. For me, I, I think we are looking into this a lot. We are. And Man City's poor run of form coincided with them losing Rodri mm-hmm. for, uh, what was it, three games. Um, they've, had, they've had no John Stones all season, Yep. Um, basically. They conceded in this game two absolutely outstanding finishes. Mm. They, they were like the lowest extra chances I think that Newcastle had all game. Yeah, they were nice finishes. Man City, going into it, they went 1-0 up and they were so dominant. Mm. Newcastle got down the other end a few times. Anthony Gordon looked a little bit dangerous. Isaac looked dangerous. Almiron does what he does, works really hard. Probably the hardest working player on that pitch. But City were dominant. Yeah. City had a lot of chances. Bernardo Silva with a lovely, lovely little backfield flick. Disgusting. We know how good he is. Phil Foden was excellent. Mm. And for me, Man City were absolutely dominant in this game the scoreline doesn't reflect how dominant they were in my opinion Man City fans let us know in the comments below do you think defensively you're as strong as past years I'm not saying you are or you're not I'm just saying my thoughts man don't get at me but um, yeah let's talk about offensively they suffocate teams they're so good and I think they've never kind of looked bad in that sense even with Haaland coming out they're still getting goals they're still attacking well they're still putting a lot of goals past teams I mean we're not I, I think we want to stray, stray away from the debate are they better without Haaland yeah fuck that. but for me let's let's basically talk about what we're going to talk about De Bruyne came back yeah Man City's attacking options now just to name a few Doku back mm. Grealish on the bench I think yeah uh, you've got Phil Foden Bernardo Silva Julian Alvarez you've got Oscar Bob brilliant player what a goal what an unbelievable series of touches so for that rude yeah um, Erling Haaland mm. probably the most clinical best striker in the world and then you've just brought back into the fold in my opinion the greatest Premier League midfielder of all time yes and I totally agree I think for me they're favourites to win the Premier League yeah I... if, if they if they get Haaland back when was Haaland most potent? When De Bruyne and him had that link-up play, there were those passes that you, De Bruyne would play. We Straight saw the same team, one this yeah. game where you can't you can't defend it. Yeah. You can't defend it. Once they get that going again, for me... I'd league- say their percentage to win the league was already like 40%. With De Bruyne back, it's like 60%. With De Bruyne and Haaland back, it's like 80%. For me, probably like if more. De Bruyne and Haaland stay fit for the rest of the season, I think it's over. So that was a question, and we'll pose it to you. Does the return of one Kevin De Bruyne spell the end of Liverpool and Arsenal and Aston Villa's title race? Is it a foregone conclusion, or is there still... Aston Villa's title race? Come on, <laughs> yeah. Is it... Let us know in the comments, is the title race over? Um, before we call it a day, Luke said, is KDB the best midfielder ever? A Premier League midfielder ever. He could be the best ever. We're going to pose it to you in the comments. Let us know, is KDB the best Premier League midfielder ever? Because the discussion... I actually put this out on Twitter earlier today and we got some good responses. So check out our Twitter if you haven't. 
the the free people that in my opinion and i assume a lot of people's opinions that de bruyne is competing with are free englishmen so it's always hard for a foreigner to kind of take the hearts of the nation when he's coming up against three titans in Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard and Paul Scholes. But I'm going to hit you with some statistics. Before you talk about Joey Barton. Don't beep this one. Fuck Joey Barton and everything he stands for. <laughs> yeah, scumbag. Uh, um, yeah, De Bruyne versus Lampard, Gerrard and Scholes. For me, the best out of Lampard, Gerrard and Scholes, Steven Gerrard. I'm going Frank Lampard. The numbers don't lie. Lampard is a fucking freak. Lampard is so good. And I think what he... I think why I think he's the best is that goal scoring wise, he is good, like the best. And I'd say he's a better goal scorer than De Bruyne. Oh, yeah. But De Bruyne makes up for that with freakish level of creativity. You know what's really weird though? It's like you look for in it like a midfielder, probably you want like, you look maybe for like crazy assist numbers, not yeah. necessarily goals. All four of these players have ridiculous goals apart from De Bruyne, really. Sorry, all three of these players. Yeah. Lampard, Gerrard. Lampard, 177 goals in 611 appearances. Gerrard, 121 in 504 and Skulls, 107 in 499 appearances. Mm. De Bruyne, 65 in 244. He, so he is about half the appearances of the rest and way over half in terms of apart from Frank Lampard he is almost on course he's probably slightly under the trajectory to outscore Lampard per appearance but he's going to absolutely obliterate their assists 100% and I think that is for me why he is the best Frank Lampard I I posted this on Twitter I said Lampard ever won a treble jeez what it is with De Bruyne is that when he's having his best day, he is by far and away the best player in the world. Oh, yeah. He's, Whereas, he's at that level, isn't he? Yeah, like, he is freakish compared to everybody else. Whereas when I think Lampard, Gerrard and Skulls have their best day ever, they're not so they're the far... They're the best on the pitch. Yeah, they're not so far better than the world. Whereas De Bruyne transcends pretty much every other footballer on the planet when he's on his day. For me, the difference is between Skulls, Gerrard, Lampard... They have the nostalgia. They're icons of the Premier League. They are. If you had a Premier League museum, they would have statues. Yeah. Just because of who they were and who they are and what they've done. They are iconic players within the Premier League. They're the ones where you go back and remember match attacks. They're the ones you wanted. For the generation like us growing up, they're the ones we we look to. That is a very good point. We're old enough now to be like, it's like, when you hear older people talk about football and they're like, oh, back in my day, they're talking about like Stan Bowles and they're talking about Georgie Best. We'll nev- we never really understand what they're talking about. We can only know that so much because we didn't watch them week in, week out. We didn't hear them being talked about on the radio on through every form of media. But Kevin De Bruyne cannot be understated. He is the best Premier League midfielder of all time. There's nothing on the TV, nothing on the radio that I can believe in. That's what you made me think of. But um, as a response to that passionate speech, Luke, I'm going to give you a couple of responses to the question that we put out on Twitter about is KDB the best in the world, uh, the best Prem midfielder ever. So Charles at Monday Sportif, what a guy, shout out Monday Sportif every time. Go check him out. He said... De Bruyne is an amazing talent, but I don't think he's number one. Lampard's stats are beaut. Gerrard carried Liverpool for a decade. Even Fabregas is impressive, if you even if he took his 
three prime years out in Spain. Mm. Um, Fabregas, 111 assists. We didn't even include him, but that's a joke. Fabregas is nuts. 111 assists. It could have been 140 if he stayed. Would it be Mesut Ozil if he didn't play for Arsenal during their banter era? Exactly. He ends it with De Bruyne at another club isn't as impressive as he is if he's at, at Man City. Yeah, but it, Man City aren't just a result of putting all these good players together. They're like These players, he's not just like, maybe that even proves the point more. He, in this team of superstars, he is still the one we look to. That's what I like, said, At the Luke. end of the day, yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, if you could have a season of kept fully fit, prime Kevin De Bruyne, or fully fit, prime Erling Haaland, I think you're taking Kevin De Bruyne. 100%. I totally agree. I actually answered him by saying... Haaland is replaceable. De Bruyne is not. He might be in a superstar team, but he's the constant top superstar. Yeah. Put and, that on his grave, and mate. And you know what he does as well? He enables everyone around him to be better. Because you can make the most stupid runs and he will find you. Yeah, that's facts. That is facts. One more that I'll tell you. So we've got a reply from MJ Anwar. Shout out him every time. He said... You sound like Bevo, man. <laughs> 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 shout out uh, the Chinese or shout yeah. out shout out the Indians yeah, shout out Chicken Tikka every time <laughs> um, he said so I said does this spell the end of the title race and he responded his return has definitely raised the bar the league has woken up and I said is he the best midfielder the Prem's ever seen and he said I think he could be the obvious names are all English and the majority would hesitate to budge on that yeah. Bing bang bong. I don't know. Kevin De Bruyne is the best. Yeah, let's if you know. have eyes, you'll know. The problem is Stevie G, Frankie Lamps, and Paul Scholes are legends. They are they are legends. It's so hard to compare previous a previous generation of player to the current what is now. I mean, it's it's unknowable. If people say, is it Maradona or Messi? Are they, who who's who's better? And it's mad because even though Messi just got. Um, he's won the World Cup just got Argentina the World Cup I saw a video where you I don't know it's like at a beach yeah yeah and they asked like loads of fans who they uh, say is better Maradona or Messi they're all still saying Maradona which actually, is crazy it disgusts me some it, of them even say is it Raquel mate yeah Raquel mate and I'm like blood do you know who Messi is yeah, yeah it's crazy know. but like, like, sometimes you don't know what you've got like yeah. maybe let's go back in time and make them like Colombian or Venezuelan Jeez. didn't the Argentinas be a few wouldn't they yeah it's but mad yeah, Wow, what a journey it's been. We're halfway through the Premier League winter break. Mm. We've got a series of games coming up next week. We've got the likes of uh, Liverpool playing, Arsenal playing, um, Brentford, I believe, Jeez. are back with Ivan Tony potentially. Oh, I gas on, to see Ivan Tony back. So that could be very interesting. A few things I want to touch on, actually, before we, we leave. <laughs> Jane Sancho, back of the uh, Borussia Dortmund shirt. Assist. Getting an assist. What a guy. Did you see the CEO of Dortmund coming out saying that... Um, he hasn't got any disciplinary issues. That's absolutely codswobble. I'm I'm here for uh, Sancho propaganda. I think I think he didn't help the situation, obviously, but it's one of those he is at the kind of mercy of the big powers that is Man United. I think Man one United, player can't take down he, the system. It's just pure pure rot from the inside out and one player can't take that down so I mean, we, he was never how many win. players have come in over the last 10 years and have failed to go from being superstars to being superstars at Man United we saw Paul Pogba come in mm. an absolute superstar at Juventus comes back to Man United they murdered him 
killed him off. Ronaldo, he was doing bits still at Juventus. Murdered him. Murdered him. Lukaku. Murdered him. James Sancho. Murdered him. I was going to include Anthony, but he was a stinker anyway. Yeah, but he was good in the nah, Champions League. Like, he was better at Ajax than he's been now. Yeah. He's getting digged out more. But, and also... Varane. What do Casemiro. Eric Ten Hag and Troy Deeney share have in common? Apart from they're both divs. Poor They both come out yeah. and they attack their players. Troy Deeney, yeah? Yeah. Who thinks he, scum, he's actually mate. God's gift on this earth. Thinks he's the best football player of all time. Talk, your best goal scorer in the Premier League was 13 goals, mate. Charlie Austin, 18. How can your manager of your club be wearing Palm Angels? You're actually disgusting. You're That's grim. If my manager was wearing Palm Angels, I'd leave the club immediately. He needs to come, like, like reflect on himself a little bit. He's calling out uh, Dabo from COVID, who used to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Missed a penalty In the playoffs, to send yeah. his team to the Premier League, and now he's rinsing. And him, yeah. clearly, he's just on a, it's a downward trajectory. Yeah. You should need to be the guy that helps him get his career back on track. You're digging him out. Saying that you can't even play National League. That's why I will Bro, never... You can't even manage National League. Put this big waste, man. Uh, that's why I will never get on Arteta's back because he has flaws. But one thing that he is so good at is taking the heat. How He'll many, never how many dig out of the, the elite managers, yeah? Call out players. Call it out doesn't players. Yeah. Mate, you've been in the job like eight weeks. I think you've lost like eight out of ten games. Mate, if, uh, if my you... manager was Ronaldo or Messi and they were digging me out, I'd be like, fair enough, you achieved bare, you're a you're the goat you're doing this for my well-being if your manager is Troy Deeney and the best he's achieved is I don't know I was going to be Mate, so he was on, mad he was, on, he like, was um, pundit for QPR Watford literally the day after his team lost yeah like infuriating absolutely infuriating um, I feel sorry for you Forrest Green it's a PR stunt maybe to get a former it's, it's yeah. such an easy way to go instead of getting someone who's like managed maybe in the low even lower divisions than National League or getting someone around there you've he, gone for a name he just doesn't really fit in with their ethos at all it's such a weird appointment yeah I don't know uh, another thing I want to touch on yeah. Real Madrid 4-1 victors against Barcelona in the Spanish Supercopa final are they just the most stacked team in the world? They've got... I saw a video of Bellingham and Schuermeni in the middle of the game kind of dictating the midfield ear to ear. And I was like, these... I think Schuermeni's like 24, Bellingham's 20. I was like, how can they have so many Mate, fucking then, sick players? Do you know who they've got guiding them? Cruz and Modric. That is so mad. They've got Endrick coming in. There's talks <laughs> of Mbappe coming in. They've got Rodrigo, they've got Vinicius. Vinicius. Oh, it's so tapped. They're so they good. Had, mate, who they got up front from... Um, oh, um, Hosselu. <laughs> they got Stokes Hosselu. And it's mad. Up top. Uh, so, yeah. Mate, Real Madrid Edna fans. Militao, so Alaba. I've seen... They're linked they got with... they in goal, who's actually not bad at the minute. Linked with... Um, Courtois injured. Linked with Alfonso Davies and Trent. It's like, imagine if there was just a team of under 25s and all just the best players in that position. Real Madrid pretty much have them all. It's... It's crap. But, well, I love but it. the problem is, are they better than City? Oh, I mean, yeah. I'd love to watch them play and lo- fuck off a Super League, but I'd love to watch Man City versus Real Madrid at least once a season. Yeah, because that game is just elite. Maybe, maybe we should. They should do a tournament where it's the Premier League winner, La Liga winner, that would be Bundesliga sick. winner, Serie A winner, Portuguese league winner, and that's a um, vibe, you know? the Saudi league. Winner. No, 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 I've missed one. <laughs> La Liga, Premier League, French League, French League, Serie A, Eredivisie, 
Eredivisie, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, they all sick. and they all just and it's like a little competition. Yeah, round robin. Yeah, I just need to see more of Real Madrid versus um, Man City. It'd be sick. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Um, competition time we love competition times yes. so as a massive thank you for us hitting 10,000 subscribers big shout out to everybody that is subscribing we love you and because we love you so much we're going to give away 100 pounds 100 pounds that is 100 times bigger than QPR's transfer window budget this um, this uh, January we're giving away a £100 gift voucher to classic football shirts. As you know, we love our football shirts. What football fan doesn't? Um, and what best way to get yourself a football shirt than to enter our competition? All you have to do is head over to any YouTube video we've posted on our channel. Doesn't matter if it's most recent, oldest, wherever you want. And comment what you'd spend that £100 voucher on. What football shirt you'd buy with that £100 voucher. Yeah, you can literally enter as many times as you would like. And on Valentine's Day... We will be picking our favourite, contacting the winner, and you'll be getting yourself a nice little £100 voucher. Yeah, so if you want to stick out, get make sure you comment across all our videos. We'll be uploading weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, Jeez. throughout um, the competition. So yeah, make sure you stick out, get your competition entries in, so we'll uh, spot you and be able to get you a nice £100, was it classic football shirt? Yep voucher so yeah um, but that's a massive thank you guys you got us to 10,000 subscribers I think this time last year we were sat pushing for 100 exactly so time flies it's, mate it's 100k really soon, very much appreciated and uh, here's to the next 10,000 but yeah boys ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for watching it's been Board Draw episode number 80 and it's live cheese